everybody. You're listening to the Self-Help Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Laura D'Souza, and I'm so happy to be here today with you. And I'm so, so happy that you are here listening to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all of your support. I really, really appreciate this. This, this podcast is my little baby and I'm really hoping to grow it into something bigger. I really want to form a community of of people who just want to help people. I want to form a community of truth, people who want to talk about their stories and share their stories. So um, if you could help me by spreading the word, by following this podcast, by sharing it with anybody who you think might need to hear any of the things that we discuss in this podcast. Um, or if you know anybody, or if you are somebody who has something to say, and might like to come on the show and have a little chat, then please get in touch. My email is laura at yogiwolfpack.co.uk. I'll post that in the, um, in the description for the podcast. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about Buddhism, um, specifically the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Buddhism, I remember being really drawn to Buddhism. I read the book Sapiens by um, Noel, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name, which is terrible. I'll, I'll, I'll post that in the description as well. It's such a great book, Sapiens, if you've read it. If you haven't read it, check it out. It's, it's brilliant. Um, and I remember there was like a, a, a very small section about Buddhism in there and I just felt so drawn to it and that made me kind of go out and buy a little book, a little bit of Buddha, just a kind of introduction into Buddhist thought. Um, it's a really good book actually. This is a book by somebody called Chad Mercury, a little bit of Buddha. I think I got it on Amazon, um, but it's really good. It's just a really sort of good little introduction and it explains it so easily, you know, for somebody who's never who doesn't really know anything about it, it was, it's really good. So I wanted to explain a little bit about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, because I feel that these teachings are really the, the core of um, Buddhist teachings and what Buddhism is all about. Um, so let's get started. What are the Four Noble Truths? So the Four Noble Truths are a set of truths that if we understand and we acknowledge these truths then we can start to um, move away from suffering and pain. They seem a little bit bleak if you've never heard them before but they're really not like please just bear with me. Um, so the first noble truth in Buddhism is the truth that life is suffering. That's right, you heard it here first, folks. Life is suffering, it's true. Um, I think I would struggle to find anybody that could disagree with that statement. Life has got its moments, hasn't it? And suffering is just an, an inevitable part of life. You know, one day you wake up, you're feeling good, you have a good day. 
One day you might wake up and you feel bad and you have a crap day and bad things happen, you know? We, we stub our toes, which really hurts. We, you know, I just trapped my finger in a drawer today and it really hurt and I, I've got a plaster on. And I really hope you feel sorry for me because I felt really sorry for myself at the time when I did it. Poor me. <laughs> so these things happen. And then you have the more serious things. So we have the, the physical pain, but then we have the emotional pain that a lot of us carry around. We, we're living in a time where anxiety and stress and depression are just a part of many people's lives. We live in a stressful world. So a lot of us are carrying around this pain, this sadness, this suffering. We have the, the suffering of change and discomfort. We have, you know, moving house, for example, having to move somewhere and, and missing our old home or missing our friendship groups or the change of somebody, you know, of a relationship breaking down. Uh, you know, a child might have their parents um, get divorced and they have to live with this pain maybe of their of their parents being apart I mean I I was so happy when my parents got divorced but that's a you know you can listen to episode number one for that story you know um the pain of loss we lose people I I lost my dad 10 years ago I've lost a dog in the past and it's very painful so pain, suffering is just an inevitable part of life. And I, I'm not saying that it's all just suffering. This is just acknowledging that suffering is a part of life. The Buddhism, the Buddhist teachings acknowledge that change is the only constant in life as well. So every experience, every emotion that happens to us is temporary. So just like the waves when you go to the beach and you sit on the beach and you see the waves coming in and then slowly drifting out and then coming in and then drifting out that's the same as our emotions and our experiences they're ever changing so that's the the first noble truth the, the truth of suffering truth number two is the truth of the origin of suffering, so the, the truth of why we suffer. So I'm gonna tell you, um, I'm gonna talk about uh, an old Buddhist parable. This is a parable called the parable of the second arrow. And I just feel like this perfectly describes the origin of our suffering. So here we go, the parable of the second arrow. So, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, there was a hunter. And this hunter, he was a happy guy. He had a family, kids, a dog, and he was happy. Life was good. And every day he would go hunting to gather food for his family, for the tribe. One particular day he went hunting in the forest. Everything was going good, the sun was shining. Ah, it was a lovely, beautiful day. He'd caught like three rabbits, I don't know, <laughs> three rabbits already. You know, things were, things were working out pretty well for this hunter guy. 
But all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, he gets hit by a big metal arrow and it lodges itself deep into his leg. He manages to hop away and hides to get away from these people who have who've just shot him with this arrow. He's in pain with his leg, but more than anything, the mental pain creeps in and he starts to worry about the fate of his leg. He's losing a lot of blood. Is he gonna, is he gonna be able to keep his leg? He starts worrying about his family. What, what is gonna to happen to his family if he dies? Who will look after them? Will I survive? Who could do this to me? He starts thinking about the people that shot him. He's thinking, you know, I've had this great morning so far and who the hell has had to shoot at me and ruin my day? How dare they? How dare they do this to me? So angry. He's so angry, he's so worried, he's upset, and you know, he's got the pain. But I mean, he's kind of forgotten about the pain of it because he's, you know, worrying so much about everything else. Did you, um, did you notice the second arrow in that story? Hmm, did you notice it? So the second arrow, you probably, you probably got this. The first arrow was the actual physical arrow that hit him. The second arrow was the mental, the mental chaos, the mental worrying and the stress and the anger. That was the second arrow and it caused him the most pain. So this story, the, the, um, the moral of the story is that the, the first arrow can't always be controlled. The first arrow is the death of a family member, the death of a dog. The first arrow is the stubbing of the toe. The first arrow is the painful breakup. Um, the first arrow is a big, beautiful tree that you love and it's just been cut down. The first arrow is the thing that, that you don't really have much control over. The second arrow is your reaction. The second arrow is optional. And I, I know that's, that's really hard. It's really hard. We can't always control our reactions. And I'm, I'm not saying that you should be numb to the things that happen. I'm not saying that you should be cold. And that is not what the Buddhist teachings are saying either. They're kind of just saying that accepting the first truth, that life is suffering, if we can accept that, then maybe when these things do happen to us, because we have that acceptance that suffering is just an in inevitable part of life. Our reactions aren't gonna be so extreme and so like, oh, why, why God, why is this happening? Because we have this acceptance. So I'm just flicking through my notes. So, so yeah, the, the origin of suffering, this is caused by our own desire. So in that story, for example, the hunter's um, desire was to 
to have a perfect day, to be able to just go hunting, go back to his wife and family. His desire was to not have an arrow in his leg and to not be facing death, which is a pretty reasonable desire, really. I think that's what we all we all um, want. So it's this desire, but we can apply this to, to things like cravings. So craving for... Um, instead of just kind of having your life and just being content with what you have it's this craving for more craving for power craving for more 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 stuff more riches more gold i want more than that person i want to be um more well known more powerful than this person and then you have the sen sen sensory pleasures the craving for food for a nice meal for sex the um, desire to see a nice sunset or to feel numb. We have the craving importance, which is like the ego wanting to be the best, the, you know, the most powerful, that wants to leave a mark on this world. And then we have the desire for nothingness, the desire to pull away and to not feel the hard emotions, to run away or hide. So, so we cause a lot of our own suffering by this not accepting of things and by desiring things or by wishing things were different. The third suffering is really good news. Are you ready for this? It is possible to overcome all suffering. Hooray! So see, it's not so bleak, is it? So it's possible to overcome suffering, of course, of course it is. So because suffering is just an inevitable, I'm really struggling to say that word, an inevitable part of life, um, we just have to deal with it. And once we find that acceptance, then things start to get easier. You see, in, um, you know, a lot of Western religions, we have kind of good versus evil and it's all about overcoming evil. But with Buddhism, it sees that good and evil can't exist without one another. And it's not evil, is it? I guess it's good and, and bad, the light and the dark, the yin and the yang, the night and the day. You cannot have one thing without the other. You can't eradicate all suffering. You just can accept it and accept that it's just a part of life and we, and it's, it's, it's a rule of life. It's, it's something that is always going to be there. Um, but with meditation and, um, you know, mindfulness, we can overcome, we can overcome this suffering. Fourth, the fourth truth is the truth of the eightfold path. So the eightfold path is, Eight, eight steps that we can take in our life to help us overcome the pain and, and the suffering and the darkness and the depression and the anxiety that, that we have to live with. Um, so let's, let's go through the Eightfold Path. So the first rule, I guess, rule of the Eightfold Path or the first 
instruction, I, I, I think instruction is a better word than rule. The first instruction in the Eightfold Path is to have the proper view or the right view. So this is all about seeing reality for what it is. This is all about acknowledging the Four Noble Truths. Having this right view and knowing that that suffering is inevitable is the, the right view. This is going to really help us immensely. So number two, the second instruction is the right intention. So the right intention is, I've made notes. So if you can hear the, the pages flipping, this is because I'm, I'm looking through my notes because I don't want to get this wrong. Um, so the right intention, of course, is all about doing the right thing. So I'm going to read this little, um, this little, this little quote from this uh, book that I have. The Buddha said, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. It is founded on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. If a man speaks or acts with an evil thought, pain follows him. As the wheel follows the foot of the ox that draws the carriage. All that we are is the result of what we have thought. It is founded on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. If a man speaks or acts with pure thought, happiness follows him like a shadow that never leaves. So proper intention is by con is all about conscience consciously choosing the spiritual path towards enlightenment and you know we can do this by noticing how we think how we think you know what are we thinking about the world and about other people our our are our thoughts kind are we being kind to ourselves what is our intention in life have we got good intent so proper intention for buddhists means means Cultivating intentions of goodwill and harmlessness and kindness and mindfulness. And these, these good intentions counteract our unconscious thoughts, which are desire, ill will and harmfulness. So there you go. The purest proper intention is to seek enlightenment for the benefit of life. So it's all about doing the right thing, making the choices that are going, that are good, that are kind, and that are going to help you. So the next set of instructions are all to do with morality. So we, we go on to the third instruction, which is the right speech or proper speech. So this is all about thinking about how you talk to others um, so we, we don't want to be talking to people in a violent way or in a harmful way. We want to be talking to people. Our words need to be coming from truth, from kindness and compassion. And we need to be saying things that promote a more peaceful world. So this applies to your thoughts as well which can be hard, you know, we're all human, we all have mad thoughts sometimes, but this applies to your thoughts, so thinking kind things, saying kind things, 
to not be hateful or petty with our thoughts and our words. So a way, a good way to begin with with this, because it can it can be hard. We live in a, a culture of gossip and we live in a in a culture of judgment. You know, we all you have to do is like look at magazines and see all the body shaming that goes on and you know um all the judgment so a really good way to do this is to just begin with kind words and deeds so maybe start off your week by saying to yourself you know this week i'm gonna do um i'm gonna do a kind deed for this person start small and you and or maybe just think to yourself i'm gonna compliment one person every day this week i'm gonna say something kind and a bit like you know make it be kind make it also be meaningful so if you start doing this, at first you might find it difficult, it might feel like something totally new to you, you might have never kind of done this kind of thing before, but you'll find that the more and more you do this, the easier it gets and it will just become a part of who you are. And oh my God, you will find that by doing this one thing, your life will start to change dramatically because you are raising your vibrations. You are just creating or cultivating so much more positivity in your life and you will you will see a change, I promise you. So um, four, proper action or the right action. So it's no good just talking the talk. We've got to walk the walk. So this is all about following through with your words and you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know what, I'm going to stop, I'm going to really cut down on my plastic, but then, you know, never taking your own bags to the supermarket when you do your shop. I'm guilty of this. I'm so guilty of this. And today, for the first time in ever, I took my own bag and I felt really good about that. So it's all about following through on your intention, following through on your words, action. It's all about action. If you haven't got the action to match up the words, then what's the point? What's the point in saying these things? So this is acting mindfully, acting with full awareness and full compassion and joy but with no attachment to the outcome of, of the action. So we do things a lot of the time because we think about the outcomes, don't we? We all do it, we're all human. I'm self-employed and for me, I find it really difficult to not think about the outcomes. You know, I, I often do find myself worrying, you know, who's gonna attend my yoga class today? I hope I have more than three people this time or I hope I make uh, this much money this week and instead of like focusing on the action and, and, and on the why on my why I, I'm doing this because I want to help people because I love people I love teaching people and I love spreading a positive word of truth sometimes I do get caught up in thinking about the outcomes so proper action or the right action is to do the things to walk walk the walk or walk the talk um, but do it because you're doing it, because you want to do it, because you, you're doing it, because you want to help others. Don't do it because you're thinking about what you're going to get for doing it or, or don't worry about the outcomes. 
if your heart is in something and if you're doing it for the right reasons and if you love what you're doing and if it's coming from a place of love and kindness and truth and service then things will turn out good they just will you don't have to worry about the outcomes because if you're on your path if you're on the right path for you and it's coming from a good place and you're and it's coming from truth then everything will just take care of itself so we on to five i think five proper livelihood so this kind of they all kind of link up this is all about choosing what you do wisely so to for example in your career not to be in a career that involves things that can harm people so uh, making weapons for example or um a business in meat in the slot you know it's a controversial um topic i know but um, Buddhist, in, in Buddhist teachings, a uh, big part of that is non-violence, so that includes animals as well as humans, we're all the same. So um, a business in drugs or in poisons. So it's all about choosing to engage in things that are not going to be harmful for the world. Choosing to engage in things that... Um, are going to be serving people that's going to be making people happy that's going to be helping people so buddhists choose livelihoods or careers that cause no harm to other beings so there you go and i think that once you can kind of get into that life of living the right livelihood doing the doing the things I mean, it's all about taking your skills and your passions and using them to help others. That's that's what I think. Um, and I mean, not all of us. It's it's hard. It's it's not like you can just quit everything and go out and get like a job that you like your dream job where you're helping people. I know. I know that a lot of people are stuck in this nine to five prison. This the the kind of the paycheck prison. Um, but there are, you know, there are ways that we can add things into our lives to make our lives more meaningful. So yeah, you might be working nine to five um, and you feel like you're not serving in any way. So you might be thinking, well, I, I don't have the right livelihood. It's impossible for me to have that. But there are things that you can do to add this into your life. You know, you could... Um, make a decision that you want to dedicate some of your time to helping a particular charity or to, to raising awareness for a particular cause or you know if you're a teacher in a school and and you don't like that job because of all the pay horrible paperwork that you have to do all the time you need to rem remind yourself why you're doing it you are serving you are helping these kids so there you go right um the right livelihood Next, we come to um, samadhi, which is the right concentration. So the first kind of instruction in the right concentration is to have the proper effort, the correct effort. So proper effort means doing things to become a more generous, wise and kind person. Devoting your time to a cause, helping those in need or doing other similar activities. 
It doesn't mean developing an unbalanced approach to spiritual effort by becoming a workaholic or merely thinking about the ideas of enlightenment but doing nothing to cultivate, cultivate them in one's own life. The Buddha said, it's better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles. Then the victory is yours and cannot be taken from you. Let me say that again. It is better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles. Then the victory is yours and cannot be taken from you. The most important thing that you can do for anybody else is work on yourself. So joy is an important part of proper effort. If there is no joy in a task and it's merely just done for the sake of completion, then proper effort has not been achieved. So it has it's all about kind of finding something that gives you joy. Yes, you're helping, you're um, serving, but it's also giving you joy. You're getting joy from this because you're you're on the path, you're on the, the correct path for you. Then we come to proper mindfulness and that is all about being present. So living in the now. To live with proper mindfulness means not worrying about the future or pining for the past. Because if we are worrying about the future and pining for the past, where are we? We're not here. We're not here in the now. We're like, we're like living yesterday or last week or we're living like a month in the future that doesn't even exist. We need to, to bring our mind back to the here and back to the now. Because if thoughts are scattered to the future and to the past and to other people's lives, then we can't fully concentrate. We can't fully give the best of ourselves out to other people. And that's gonna, that's gonna, just cause so much suffering because we're not here, we're not in the now. Um, and to to get that, to, to, to help yourself um, be present and to not be living in the past or the future, we come on to the next and final section, which is the proper meditation. So proper meditation is gonna help us achieve the proper mindfulness, the proper effort, the proper livelihood, everything. So proper meditation leads, or um, everything leads to proper meditation and proper meditation helps with everything else. So the goal, the ultimate goal of Buddhism is to wake up from within and perceive reality as it truly is. So is to wake up from the illusion of the world within which we are trapped. This illusion that life should be a certain way and actually just waking up to the fact that life can be hard. Life can be really difficult sometimes. So there's many ways that you can meditate, but meditation is just one of the most helpful and kind things I've ever done for myself. I started meditating 
about six years ago, five years ago. Um, and the reason why I started meditating is because I was struggling to get to sleep. So I downloaded this app. I, I'm always banging on about this app. It's called Insight Timer and it's free and it's just amazing. And I started listening to these meditations on a night before going to bed and I would drift off and it completely changed my sleep forever. And from that, I started listening to other meditate, other guided meditations. And there were meditations like mindfulness meditations. Mindfulness meditations are usually where you focused on the five uh, different um, senses. So you have what, what you can see, what you can hear, feel, touch, smell, taste. Um, and that's a really good meditation for calming, really, really calming you and centering you. Then we have other meditations like loving kindness meditations where you're sending out love and cultivating this beautiful feeling of love and visualization meditation. So there are so many, there is something for everybody. And you know, you don't have to start big, just five minutes a day, five minutes, make time for five minutes a day to meditate. And I promise you, it will help you so much. It really will. So there you have it. We have spoken about, we have discussed the vulnerable truths. So we have the truth that life is suffering, the truth of the origin of suffering, the truth that suffering can end, and then we have the fourth truth, which is the truth of the Eightfold Path. Do we need to go through them again as a little reminder? I think we do, just to pull it all together. So we have the, the first um, instruction in the Eightfold Path, which is the, the um, proper view. So this acknowledgement that life is suffering. We then have the right intention, so doing the right things. We then have the proper speech so no hateful speech kind compassionate speech doing kind deeds and saying kind words not only to other people but to yourself notice your own talk how do you talk to yourself we then had the proper action so walking the walk making sure that you're doing it from from a place of truth and and compassion we then have proper livelihood. So this is all about thinking about how you can serve and not doing, not working in jobs that are going to be harming or hurting the world in any way. We then have the proper efforts. So, um, you know, take making that effort to put the time in, to do the work and to also find joy in the things that you do and we're not thinking about the fruits of our labor we're just doing them because we want to do them and we're happy doing them we then had the proper mindfulness which is all about um learning to be present learning to be in the present moment we then had the proper meditation and that's it i i am a huge believer that this stuff works. This is like better than any therapy session I've been to. Just to pick up a little bit of Buddha book and um, learn about Buddhism and try to 
implement these things into your daily life. Even if you just took one of these things, one of the things from the eight, the Eightfold Path and implemented that into your life, I promise you, you will see results. And this is coming from somebody that six years ago had the head down a toilet for like the millionth time and was spewing my guts up and was at rock bottom and at somebody from who has gone through trauma, who has gone through addiction, who has gone through lots of pain and sadness. If I can do this, if I can be here now talking to you about Buddhism, then anybody can, I promise. It's all about putting in the work, doing that inner work and taking that time for you. And let's just, I'm gonna end with a quote. I've already said it once today. This is a Ramdas quote. The best thing you can do for anybody else is work on yourself. Take that into the week with you. Anyway, I'm gonna go now. I've got a, uh, I've got a chihuahua talk. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to listen to my crazy ramblings. Um, if there's anything that you would like to say, please do drop me a message on laura at yogiwolfpack.co.uk. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Thank you so much, guys. Peace and love. Namaste, beautifuls. <laughs>